Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. From time to time, we are asking a question this year, why did my Savior come to earth? What would cause him to do what he did? Why would he go through that? What was the purpose behind his life? And we're letting Jesus tell us why he did that. In the first place, let me say this. There are people who do not believe in Jesus. They do not believe that he is the Son of God in a sense that still makes him God. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 14, this Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible proclaims that Jesus is the Word everlasting. He became the Son of God, and He is in fact God. And those who teach that Jesus is just a man, just a good man, in fact, deserving honor because He's a good man, are teaching that which is despised by God the Father, that anyone would reject His Son who came to earth for all of us. And so we think today, why did my Savior come to earth? This day, we find His purpose was to preach the kingdom of God. We've already seen such things as He came to show us the Father. He came to give His life as a ransom. He came to reveal truth. He came to uh, show us the law from God, but to take away the law of the Old Testament. His life was a ransom. Jesus came for various reasons today. He came to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Just like there are those who reject Jesus as God. They reject the deity of Jesus. They accept Him as man, but they don't accept Him as God. There are also people who accept Jesus in His fullness. That is, He was a man. He did come to this earth, but they don't accept His church. How can a person accept the statement or the person of Jesus without accepting what he says he came to do, which is to preach the kingdom of God? If Jesus came for the purpose of preaching about the kingdom, then it is obvious to me, and it should be to all of us, that he expects us to listen to that preaching. And in listening to that preaching, to be able to say, I am a part of that kingdom. Today, you are going to hear what Jesus said about the kingdom. You're going to hear what Jesus said about being a part of that kingdom. And you are going to hear some contrasts 
as Jesus presents his message about the kingdom, he presents it often in a contrasting form so that we can learn and hang on to the message. I'm going to go to a number of scriptures. You're welcome to flip to each one of them as you can. I want to begin this way. In understanding the kingdom, Jesus preached that we must be born into it so that it will be in us. And you think about that for just a minute. Jesus said we have to be born into the kingdom. Whatever this kingdom is, we have to be born into it. We, the Jews, had a way of being in the Jewish system. They were born into it. If you were a child of a Jewish family, you were a part of the Jewish group, the Jews, the kingdom of the Jews. That's who you were. And so Jesus said, you must be born uh, into it. But he also would say, but it is within you. In John chapter 3 and in verse 2, Jesus was talking to a man one night by the name of Nicodemus. And Jesus made a very clear statement. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot be a part of the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Now the question would be, is it to be born like the Jews? You are born into this family, therefore you are a Jew. Obviously not. Because he says, you must be. It's not a matter, as Nicodemus would say. You mean, i got to start over? How can I go back in my mother's womb and do that? And Jesus said, wait a minute, we're not talking about physical birth. Talking about being born again, he would say, of the water and the Spirit. The Bible clearly teaches that if we are not born of the water and the Spirit, we are not in the kingdom of God. Because it is through that medium by which we enter the kingdom. And anyone who teaches otherwise, anyone who would accept into the kingdom those whom God himself does not accept, are not following what Scripture teaches. Be born again, the water and the Spirit. However, I think sometimes Christian families have a Jewish mentality. Somehow or other, we have children maybe who grow up just saying, well, I was born into this family. They're Christians, therefore that's me. The Jews did that, but God doesn't want that from us. I can't just assume that I am a part of something because my family is. That's why it's a choice. You must be born again today. If you have not been born again of the water and the Spirit, you are not in the kingdom. But number two, once you're in, it's within you. 
Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I understand the sentiments of this song, or I love the song, we've come into his house. Sometimes it sounds like this building is the house of God. Not true. This is the house. The poetic license, I get. I'm okay with it. We have come into this place to gather in his name and worship him, but I am here as the kingdom within me. And you, if you are born again, have the kingdom within you. The first thing that Jesus says is you have to be born into it. But once you do, it's in you. Number two, the kingdom of God is given, but it must be sought. It's a gift. You know what an inheritance is, right? An inheritance is what someone leaves you once they have passed on, and they leave you an inheritance. It's not so much about how much you deserve it, how great you are, how wonderful you are. It's about the one who gave it saying, here is your inheritance. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 25 and verse 34. As he on the throne with nations gathered before him says, come you blessed of my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. The kingdom is a gift from God to you and me. There is a sense in which, because it is within us, we have it now. But it's only a down payment form of the reality Someday, we will be able to stand in the reality of the kingdom of God, where Jesus is, where they are enthroned. It will be given as a gift. But while we are here, we must search for it. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. He's just been talking about things that we search for constantly, food, clothing, shelter. He said, look, if you search for the kingdom, you seek it, you'll find it. And in addition to finding the kingdom, guess what else? You'll get all of these other things that take up your mind and fill your lives. He promises to bless. He promises to care. He promises to help. So while the kingdom of God is a gift, Jesus preached, it also must be sought. It's a gift given to seekers not a gift given to the rebellious. Not a gift given to the thoughtless. It's a gift given to the seekers. Number three, 
Jesus said, he came to preach the kingdom of God and to say, you must repent. And by the way, prostitutes will be in the kingdom before you. Jesus preached, repent. You cannot be in the kingdom of God without repenting. It is not possible to be a part of the kingdom of God and continue to be whatever you want to be. The problem is not that we don't agree with repentance. The problem is we fight the reality that we are constantly needing to repent. And therefore, in our minds, we're thinking, if I'm constantly having to repent, am I in the kingdom? Well, certainly, because the mentality of repentance and change is there. And as long as I'm working and I am putting my effort of being in practicality, what in my mind I want to be, God is patient, God is working, but he says you must repent. But to those same people, Jesus said, but you beware. The prostitutes and the tax collectors will enter the kingdom before you. He's talking to these Jewish leaders, and, and they didn't like those two groups at all. And he said to them, you better watch out. I'm telling you, you need to repent. But let me tell you something else. Here you are in your high and mighty spiritual state. You think you have everything taken care of. These people over here, the ones you despise, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, when they hear this message, they are repenting. They are changing. And they are actually entering the kingdom before you are. You know why? Because they recognize their need. You don't recognize yours. So while we today, listening to the words of Jesus preaching the kingdom of God, if we sit in these pews, in our high and mighty spiritual state, and we look down our noses at those people out there who practice, think, believe, teach, despised things, we might be the ones who are less likely to repent than they are when they hear the message because they might be able to recognize the need. But if we are in our high and mighty spiritual state, Confident without any thought whatsoever, without considering the need for constant examination, we might fall under that same condemnation that those people did. Beware, because through Jesus preaching the message of the kingdom, he tells those who are 
spiritually settled, you better repent. And he tells those who are in the throes of sin, you better repent. Be careful that we don't get caught up in our own spirituality and not able to repent. Number four, Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. And in so doing, he said, it is near. But it's not of this world. The kingdom of God is near, but it's not of this world. Mark 1, verse 15, it's near. As he began to preach, he said, look, it's near. It's at hand. It's almost here. It's coming. Get ready. Look for it. But in John 18 and verse 32, or 36, Jesus in his last day was standing there before Pilate. And he was asked a question. They say that you're a king. Are you? You've said rightly, Jesus said. But he added these words. But my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would fight. But now my kingdom is not from here. In the message of Jesus preaching the kingdom, he preached on the one hand, it is near, you need to get ready for it. But on the other hand, he said, it's not from this world. What's he mean? It's not a physical kingdom. He didn't come to set up a physical kingdom. Now, there is some teaching in the religious world that says Jesus failed. He failed because the Jews rejected him. And since he reject, they rejected him, he did not get to set up his kingdom. He is going to do it. Someday in the distant future, he will set up an earthly kingdom and reign for a period of time. And then time will end and we'll all be taken off into our eternal destiny. But Jesus still said, my kingdom's not of this world. I'm not here for an earthly kingdom. It was near because he was sending it from God as a beginning time, a place that you enter by being born. But it's a spiritual concept, and it is within you. It's not from this world. It's not a part of this world. In a physical sense, this kingdom. Number five, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And he said, it is hard for a rich man, Luke 18, to enter into heaven. It's hard. Is he saying that... Nobody who is rich can go to heaven. Well, in Hebrews 11, listing the faithful whom God says were faithful, which says to me, 
they are a part of his kingdom. He listed Abraham, who was a very wealthy man. He's not talking about the impossibility of a rich man to go to heaven, meaning you have to be poor. But here's what he is saying. It's impossible for a rich man to think that he can buy his way into heaven. You can be rich because he goes on to say, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So if a rich man has a hard time getting into heaven, what do you got to do? You got to be like a child, Luke 18, 6. Don't forbid the children to come to me, for of such is the kingdom of God. Is this what Jesus is preaching? If you are rich with a childlike heart, then you can be a part of the kingdom. It's impossible to buy or earn your way into the kingdom. But with God, it is possible to take someone who has been dependent upon riches and change that mindset to be like a child and to open up his heart and mind and with that opening be able to say, I'm a part of God's kingdom. And that's what Jesus preached. But finally, Jesus said, The kingdom is not seen, but there are keys to enter it. He told the people standing there one day, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. Meaning, he said, no one will be able to say, look, there it is, or over here is where it is. You don't look for it by observation as the way that people build kingdoms. The way Jesus built a kingdom is not at all the way anybody else has ever built a kingdom, ever. Don't look at it. Don't see it for the way you think it ought to be. Don't look for it in the terms that you would define it by. Don't think I can see the kingdom my way and it be God's kingdom. No, no. You're not going to see it the way everybody else does. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you the key to get in. In Matthew 16, Jesus looked at Peter, who had just said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, You're Peter. And on this rock, the confession you've just made, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, meaning I'm going to die. And I'm going into the Hadean realm. But even my death won't keep the kingdom, the church, from being established. But then he said, And Peter, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Peter was given keys 
to get into this kingdom that you can't see the way men make kingdoms. So what did Peter say, Acts chapter 2? Now we've come full circle. The day that Jesus said, it's near, look for it. It's coming, I'm giving it to you. You have to be born into it. It is something that I'm making sure that you understand. It's for you. You have to have a childlike heart. Coming full circle. Peter opened the door with the keys. And he looked at those first people and he said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That day, 3,000 people entered the kingdom. And I would suggest to you that there were prostitutes and tax collectors. But I don't know of any of those religious leaders that day who did. If a person wants to be in the kingdom, then there's a message for you from Jesus. I like how this works. Go ahead and be standing and I'll give you the message. If you're not baptized for the remission of your sins, based upon your repentance, you cannot expect to be in the kingdom. You cannot claim to have been brought into the kingdom. You cannot say, I am saved and I'll go and be baptized. Because the scriptures teach and Jesus preached the message of the kingdom that when you are baptized, your sins are taken away. That is forgiven. That is saved. Brought into the kingdom. Maybe you're ready to do that today. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.